One of the most magnificent powers that we have as human beings is that we can decide how we feel about something and how our intent of action can truly change the outcome of a moment. It's like the first lecture on day one of Stoic philosophy. Uh, Marcus Aurelius wrote um, in Meditations, a book, Marcus Aurelius, he writes, waste no more time arguing about what a good man should be, be one. That particular lesson alone is easily one of the most powerful things you can know. It's the psychological concept to act as if. It is the Jedi concept, do or do not, there is no try. It is indeed the deliberate forming of an identity around an ideal and a value that you wish to align with. And it can be used at work to be a better employee or employer, better boss, whatever. It can be used at home to be a better husband, better wife, better parent, better partner. And it can absolutely make you funnier. Now, this last part I only just found out after speaking with my guest today, the brilliant Broden Kelly. Broden is a podcaster, he's a composer, he is one third of the landmark Australian comedy outfit, Auntie Donna. Now, I'm very aware that Auntie Donna isn't for everyone. I understand that. That's okay. We're not going to be talking about Christmas pud today. I, I get that there's a solid broad line in the middle of our community where a joke is a joke is a joke. A joke is very, very obvious. And as you get out to the edges, though, the comedy can get darker, stranger, weirder, more uncomfortable, sometimes very, very uncomfortable, sometimes repulsive, and then sometimes it just bends back all the way around again through all of that discomfort to absolute hilarity. And... It's that in particular, for me, which makes Auntie Donna one of the most astounding comedy exports that Australia has ever made. They have a groundbreaking show on Netflix, picked up by Netflix, not even Netflix Australia, Netflix overseas. It's fucking bonkers, all right? I know it's not for everybody, that's fine. Not everything's for everyone, I get that. However, the three core people who make up Auntie Donna Um, They're smart, they're delightful, very loving human beings, and they have a lot to offer outside of making sure that there's enough room for put. Now, Broden came round to uh, Echo Plaza, which is um, my better-than-yesterday Melbourne headquarters. It's an echoey short-term apartment rental that I'm living in at the moment while I'm making a TV show down here. And he shared with me the – it was only a couple of days ago – he shared with me the incredible journey that he and Auntie Donna have been on and really drew some insight into an absolute pinnacle moment where they changed the trajectory of their careers all by simply deciding on the intent behind how they walked out on stage. It's amazing to hear that. And wonderfully, we also talk a lot about footy particularly the AFL, because Broden has a magnificent podcast. That's called The Footy with Broden Kelly. The Footy, bounce that pill. It's really good. I love it. I love the way Broden talks about sport because he talks about it in a way that has very little, if nothing at all, to do with statistics, with scandals, with gambling, with, hey, you should do this, hey, you should do that. None of that. Broden just talks about sport from an emotional place that I've never really heard described before and I I love it. I came very late to football, both AFL and NRL, 
But the way that Broden talks about it, it really speaks to me in a way that the the blossom-nosed ex-players on the telly absolutely do not speak to me. Uh, Broden's such a good bloke. I can't wait for you to meet him. It's a really good conversation. But I do need to play some commercials because the people that make this show with me are brilliant at what they do and they deserve to get paid what they're worth. So here's some ads. We're back with Broden Kelly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Three years into doing live shows at Comedy Festival, third year we worked our asses off and took it really, really seriously. And then work developed this show over six months writing meticulously trying to master this and we wrote the best show we'd ever done put it on stage and middling response and um, we're like maybe it's over oh and uh maybe we just suck and zach one of the members of the group was sat down before a show and he said where i think we're going out there and showing them the six months of work that we've done and i think we're showing them that how hard we worked let's just go out for an hour and treat people to a to a to a laugh and just have a break and that's all we're saying is have fun for an hour and as soon as we did that i think a week later we got a four and a half star review with this based on the same material yes same show exact same show that is one of the nephews of auntie donna and podcaster broden kelly this is osher ginsburg better than yesterday Hello, thanks for being here. This is Better Than Yesterday, where we are learning something in every episode that'll make it better. We've been doing that since 2013. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, I'm here. Mondays and Wednesdays with a guest and Fridays, I'm here with you. And we've been here since 2013. 10 fucking years, bro. 10 fucking years. 
And I love it. I'm grateful to be here. I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm a, a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm a bicycle rider. I'm an electric vehicle driver. I drive a Nissan Leaf. I'm a Gold Logie nominated Nissan Leaf driver. I guess I can do that. I can say Gold Logie nominated stir fry cooker. I'm a Gold Logie nominated protein shake shaker. I'm a Gold Logie nominated laundry doer. <laughs> I'm a gold Logie nominated Nissan Leaf driver. If the Logie, I did a whole episode on Friday about the Logies, but I guess if the if the Logie came my way, the the base of the Logie, it's a it's a small statue. The base is probably I don't know, maybe twelve centimeters wide, maybe fifteen. It's a wooden base, and then there's a, the, the the Logie dude standing on there holding the the box thing. I've measured how how wide a Logie is, and I've measured the battery flap on the front of my Nissan Leaf. So there's a there's a button on my dashboard that goes. Dunk, and then the, the flap opens up and that's where you plug the charging point into your car. It would fit perfectly. So if I had won the Logie, what I was going to do was uh, literally get some liquid nails or some sort of you know rivet gun, no, probably liquid nails, and I was going to stick the Logie to the front of my Nissan Leaf because cars don't really have hood ornaments anymore. I mean, I really would have wanted to stick it on the front of my car, just drive around with the gold fucking Logie as I'm cruising through Westfield looking for a car spot. <laughs> Taking Wolfie to daycare. My gold Logie. But someone would tell you what, some fucking person in a hip-hop crew would walk past and nick it and wear it around their neck as a chain and a video. That's what they'd fucking do. Ah, uh, well, I can only dream. I can only dream. <sighs> Let's get to Broden Kelly. You want me to sink it? And this is what happens when you work with self-generated content professionals like Broden Kelly. Thanks for coming, man. Pleasure. I just wanted to say, I assume we're starting because you said you always like to prepare whenever you talk to someone. Yes. So you've got information about me on your hybrid Mac, Apple, iPad situation. Over I here. do. I've been preparing to talk to you my whole life. <laughs> I have. I'm. I, my life is research on you. So. <laughs> This is weird then. Yes. I, I, you, were, you raised me. I, okay. What were your parents doing at the time? They were out. <laughs> they were out. Be, I, I, every day from well, – I was. does this make sense when I say from the by-demand days? Oh, wow. Like 99. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. And, and I was like eight then. Fucking hell. So you genuinely raised me. And was it pre-Yumi pre James Jabber, wow. there was – is it a Paula? Yeah. So I like Paula, I remember. Wow. So so you were you would have been not fresh out of radio. I was fresh out of radio. Beehive from a beehive. Yeah. I'd been in radio for five years mm -hmm. and um doing the overnight shift. Yeah. Midnight to dawn. It was I was like, I remember the mentally doing a mental shift from I'm above Nickelodeon now. I don't need to be watching our real monsters. I mean, I'm a I'm practically an adult. Practically. I'm gonna go to No. I'm going to go to Channel V. Here's a completely uncensored Ice Cube clip. Yeah. <laughs> talking about, I can do what? Put my back where? Yes. I was, I remember, and, and just such great music. Yeah. And it was, it was, well, I, the first thing I remember watching on Channel V was, was it The Wallflowers doing How Does It Feel by New Order, the New Order cover? Something like Something that. like that, yeah, some yeah, weird yeah. cover. And I was yeah. like, wow, what's the – anyway, I have very vivid memories. I remember the first music video I ever saw and it was uh, it was I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis in the News, um, which very famously 
they went and afterwards they sued Ray Parker Jr. for ripping off their riff for <laughs> Ghostbusters. For it? How does the riff bum, go? Bum, bum, ba, dum, bana, bana. Okay. That was I want a new drug, and wow. Ray Parker Jr. ripped it off for Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah, and they sued him and won. And then the next video that played after that was Power and the Passion. That's uh, a good back to back. No, read about it. Read ah, about even it. Even better. Like when he had the press, he had yeah. all the newspapers on him. It was fucking it's funny. Crazy. The lyrics to so Ghostbusters good. being "I ain't afraid of no ghost," but they should have been "I ain't afraid of no IP." Um, you know, lawyer, lawyer. Yeah, but they're still figuring all that stuff out, sample wise. The lawsuit didn't come for years later. How, how do you feel about how Ed Sheeran approached his lawsuits recently? About he was up there, he sw- he got in front of the jury with a guitar and did a show for them. Like that's the most charming thing you could possibly do. Well, we've all seen. That's why courtrooms make great dramas. Mm. Is because it's the the barista, the barrister is putting on a performance. <laughs> That's right. You know, what's the difference between a barrister and a barista? It's like seven years of uni. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 a performance. It's mm. essentially persuading twelve people, good and true. And um, who, and who's better to do that than Ed Sheeran with an acoustic guitar? It's there's only so many chords, you know. <laughs> there's a, and and I'm sure you see the the same thing in your work, mm. um, whether it be. Whether it be with a podcast, which I love, mm. uh, the footy, um, <laughs> uh, because I, I love, I love pretending I'm Steve Britton every now and again. Yeah. Tonight on nine, next on nine, Brendan Kelly with the footy. That's what on and a reveal. Married at first sight. He, he he gets he pushes through the first half of the sentence very quickly. Yeah, and then we'll chew the scenery on the second half. Like next on nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I do, I do love, I do love that. Uh, but whether it be that or whether it be the Auntie Donna stuff, mm. when you come to making a joke about something, sure, the funny thing about the thing, particularly if it's a relatable thing, is going to be the funny thing about the thing, and has been the funny thing about the thing, whether it be the way you relate <laughs> to your parents or the way you relate to your kids. Yes, that's been the joke for four hundred years. Hundred percent. So it's going to happen occasionally you will come up with the same thing completely independent. 100%. And then people will go, oh, you fucking stole that from- And then here comes a YouTube clip from 1996. Like, dude. It's the the chord progressions in songs, you know, that everyone's covered. The, there's four chords in, in most pop 95% music. of yeah. most pop music. Comedy has, is just the, has been the same for 150, like since the beginning, really. And the, it took us a while- to figure out, like, it took me a while at least creatively to go, how do I always ensure that what I'm doing is going to be the funniest it possibly can be? And the the truth of it, it is, if you write from truth, then that's inherently what's funny. The truth is the funniest thing in the world. Like, if you're making a joke, using a real friend's name from high school is always going to be funnier for some magical reason than a name you make up. So, if I say Matt Gelsomini, it's funnier than some name I make up because that's a real guy I went to uni with. Without a shadow of a doubt. And yep. this is what I would tell the, the news team that I'm doing this news show with. So yep. um, it's, it's NTNN and NNN. And um, <laughs> I and Craig Rucastle's at the first show. And yeah, I'm okay. like, I'm sorry I stole your joke. He goes, it's fine. It's, it's okay. I'll sue you, but it's fine. Um, real as long as you don't use uh, reusable cups, he'll be, he'll yeah. be okay. Which you're doing right now, <laughs> Rue Castle. Um, real stories, fake news. So I studied when I was in America, I studied at UCB and that's how I started. In really? Radio. Yeah, that's how I started in radio. I started coming through improv. And wow. so um, there was always a thing that in Australia, for some reason, improv isn't. No. You know, and, and, I, and it's like, well, and it's kind of nerdy and it, and it laughs. It, 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 it isn't often in the improv that I've seen in Australia. It is not brave enough to 
own that we're on stage being this thing. It always mm. is self-aware and it's never as funny when it is. And so when I, I was like, how can I get this? And so I created this show where I, I read a real story. They're the news team. I tell them, do not read the news for a day. And then I throw, and now Broden with this, and then you are there. You're joking. No, it's fucking great. And wow. we did it at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, Sydney, Newcastle. This is the one we pitched to Paramount. The yeah, other right. Day. And, and we're doing it, now we're piloting it. But I was always tell the cast, I said, if someone's in a chainsaw race, mm. you're holding a chainsaw, you're holding a Husqvarna T525. Yeah, exactly. Details. Always the funniest. Always. Always, always funnier. And um, particularly when it comes to, because they're wonderful. I love them so much. They're so fucking smart. And they're nerdy theatre people. Like, why do they care about football? I'm like, guys, it's going to be funnier if you know 100%. what a behind is versus yes. a goal. It's going to be funnier if you know why the scrums are shit in NRL now. Even if someone doesn't understand that that minutia, they're still going to get the vibe of it. The energy yeah. around it is. We in our Netflix show we made in America. It's in uh, the show is entirely. US produced. It's nothing to do with Australia. American yeah. money, American producers, just three dorky Australians and a couple of behind the camera. And we were in this position where when we made shows in the past in Australia, if you went a bit niche, sometimes you'd get a bit of pushback and go, no one's, you know, I know what you're trying to say with that niche joke, but it's too niche. But what we could do in America is it was so far removed from what we do. Yeah. We could make the most niche jokes and just go to Netflix and say, Oh, actually, this will be huge in Australia. So there's a car dealer in um, Ringwood, a suburb of Victoria, and called Car City. And we just thought it'd be funny to mention that in the show. And then they push back and go, what is that? And go, oh, it's going to be huge in Australia. The truth is no one knows what the fuck that is. <laughs> like, but so we, and there's jokes in our show about people we went to university with at the same, like just the tiniest jokes. Yeah. And it's the biggest audience we've ever had, but we tried to make it as in jokey as possible because something there's something about it. I've always done that with the TV work that I know, and even on the Channel V stuff. Yes. Even way back then, in the course of a of a talk break um, that you would say between two songs. Yes. Would you know, I don't know if what we were talking about before, Ice Cube, all right. So um, you know, you talk about uh oh yeah, so um, Ice, Ice Cube is, you know, yes, he can do it. If he puts his back into it, uh, much <laughs> like the great O'Shea Jackson used to say, um, you can do it, which is his actual name. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you'd, you know, a week later, you'd get someone sending an email yes. going, did you fucking do it? Yes, yes I, I did. did. Yeah. And for me, I, I know it probably doesn't scale, but for me, if I'm going to that granularity, only in that every now and again, yes. that's it. If you're working on that frequency, what you're actually building is intimacy with people. Yeah. And it's all about that. It's if you do that 100, if that's just how you're working, there's people who are going to go, I'm the only person in the world who got that joke and I feel connected to Osha. Um, it's, 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 yeah. it's the best. So for comedy recently, that's why TikTok has been so massive for comedy and I'm not, I don't really use it as much. We've kind of came up in a generation before it. But often what we found is we were making sketches and comedy for YouTube and our audience were really connected to it. And anytime we got a budget early on, we would scale up and get really good cameras and really good lighting and everything would be beautifully shot. And you'd make it and go, okay, that's it's still funny, but something's, something's off. Yeah. And then you realize when you look at something like TikTok, it's the closest a comedian or a performer can feel to their audience because yeah. when you're watching it as an audience, you're just going, that is just a guy in his room talking about this joke. To me alone. Yes. 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 And it's so intimate. And comedy, yeah. also with music as well, is at its best when it feels like it's just your mate. So yeah. you've always got, it's, it's intimacy. 
yeah. com- comedy is about connection and intimacy is yeah connection yeah. I've, I've been so i've started this kind of new venture i was speaking about and um as people i've i'm working with now that were kind of around and now i've kind of brought them in and we're working together it's really great yes and speaking with one of them the other day uh because i you know kind of writing I, hey i don't write all my own instagram <laughs> captions um letting her know is like it's never all you out there it's never hey everybody it's one person at a time hello and it's only ever one person at a time mm. it's like if you could it's it's that is it yeah and it was one of the greatest things my old radio boss told me it's like it's only ever one person at a time mate yeah that's it and if you can do that it's it's unless you're literally standing on stage in front of thousands of people that's yes. the only time you can say are you all okay which is arguably a more intimate experience it is and why it garners a different isn't, I always find it interesting the way people perform on radio or TV um, as opposed to those same people in front of an audience. Something yeah. just s- structurally changed. Even though you might be talking to a million people on TV, yeah. as soon as you're in front of a thousand, that feels so much more connected and daunting and, and interesting. I missed it so much yeah. when it was gone. Mm. You know, um, I, I I came from live, right? So I yeah. was on stage with my band and then I was, um, you know, uh, Idol was live yeah. and amazing and there was 600 people in the room it was fucking yeah. pumping for every- a tv show 600 people it's <laughs> at the old global studios they're now apartment blo- uh, office block really yeah they were huge massive tv studios and then we went to fox we went to stage fry which is even bigger which is where we shoot mask <laughs> and uh, it was at disney now and that's i let's i missed it and we tried to make mask singer without an audience Fuck, it's hard, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's near impossible. Yeah, it's no, so totally. Hard. I can't imagine. It's, I yeah. missed it so much. I missed seeing gigs and I, I was really worried. My my eldest, she's now 19, my stepdaughter, she's unbelievable. And COVID hit in the middle of her high school year, yeah. grade 12, right? And so that whole like going to gigs, having other people sweat on you, you know, you know, jumping around, dancing, none, she didn't have any of it. It's that, really that, important. That generation, do you think there's a genuine point of difference for kids who went through high school had oh, these real formative moments during COVID? Without a doubt. Yeah? Without a doubt. What's without the differences? Um, well, how do you learn, you know, it's, it's only by rubbing up against people that you don't know yeah. that you understand how the world works. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, you know, whether it be, yes, I'm walking across a nightclub and I've clearly got two drinks yes. and understanding which person is going to get out of your way and understanding which person, I might just walk around that guy. <laughs> It's even though Fair. anyone in a courtroom, Ed Sheeran courtroom would go, you know, I'll just move to one side. Yeah. I can tell by that bloke, he's not going to move. So, <laughs> and one of our drinks is going to get spilled and this isn't going to end well. So I'll, you know, that, of, you can't learn that. A lot of 19 year olds smashing into each other at nightclubs with beers now. <laughs> but I've noticed this year particularly, I think this year's the first, like, f- not entirely, but the most COVID clear we've been in three or four it's years. Amazing. Everyone is in Europe. <laughs> Yeah. I can't imagine. It must just be going off over there. It's at the pumping. Moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pumping. It's the first year you really feel like people are going, okay, this is the year I missed out on three years of my life. I'm going to really go for it. Yeah, because they did their Instagram travel where they just kind of looked like, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go yeah. there, I'm going to go this, da, da, da. Um, Three years worth of aggressively, I'm going to have the best fucking time they, of my life. Because of the way they communicate, whether it be Snapchat, they stay within their cohort and they never really bump up against people who aren't outside of that. And, you know, that happens in high school and whatever anyway. But if you're not, like with me, I was going out seeing bands, I was a roadie, you know, I'm seeing all people from all walks of life, from all parts of the city. It's a 
different way of looking at the world if you've never seen anyone outside of your world. Yes. And this can, it affects every aspect of your life depending on whatever you're going to do, whether you be in broadcasting like me or comedy like yourself or music or finance or whatever. I mean, the trope of the, you know, entitled white guy who's in parliament going, well, why can't you just live on that much money? Let it make cake. Yeah, exactly. It's because they've never known to not, what it's like to not be able to afford toothpaste. A very, very, very good point. And also like, but also like separating the opinion from the person is something that you you, uh, often do online when you don't really know someone. My first job when I was 18, right? I had the wrong job. I was in year 12 and I would leave school early and drive into the MCG in Melbourne. And I used to work with my, I used to work with seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds, ex-cops. I was a Melbourne cricket club man in a suit who would like check check who if anyone was too pissed and I was in the members yeah stand. college shirts and like very formal very yeah, RSA yeah. yeah but I was more just like stand around and and keep the club standard up was my job I was 18 only white people in Brighton that uh, sort of thing at that time yes predominant oh, not, not a women. lot not a lot of women yeah they used to have things called women's cards because women couldn't be members fuck off so now they they've allowed that but there's still a few women's cards floating around but um I used to just work with all ex-coppers who who were like on the beat in Melbourne in the 50s and 60s. And without going into too much detail, they have very different opinions <laughs> to anyone now. But I remember just standing with these blokes for 10, 12 hours a day and having very differing opinions to, on most things to them, but also being able to separate that, that experience. And But even though I violently disagreed with so many things that old men had to say in, in the 2000s. I, um, you, 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 got, you got to connect someone, a human, with their opinions and yeah. that doesn't really happen online. It's so much easier no. to go viciously on someone yeah. it's just the opinion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, we, though we, we talked about using real people from your real life mm. uh, as a basis for, you know, your work right now. To be exposed to that- mm. For 12 hours a day, yes. not only the, those blokes, but also the people who are in there. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm sure we've seen a few of those blokes on screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%, <laughs> mate. Oh, yeah. Some There's some people who I've seen on TV now who used to go in there who are just real pricks, real pricks, <laughs> and some nice people as well. Yeah. But, um, yes, no, it was good times. <laughs> you, you watch some shows and um, different people, different faces, different ages say the joke mm. but it's the same joke yes from the same place mm-hmm. it's important to have comedy come from everywhere not just and is often the case kind of left of yes. center mm-hmm. and it's really important so someone like heggy who is brilliant mm. who's quite a, if anything a moderate yes well, he's the funniest, right? Heggy's the funniest because this is a great, potentially one of Australia's greatest comedians at the moment. In the, in he's literally a wordsmith. He's a brilliant Amazing. writer, but he'll also work on job sites and um, yes, and he presents as the bloke because um, he fucking is. But, I won't tell you that he's got two master's degrees and speaks French. Yes, right. <laughs> and his two children go to French school and yes. he speaks French to them. And his French, like, he's the most like. Yeah, yeah. Thoughtful, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Renaissance men. But um, yeah, he's one of the greats. Uh, but it's that mo- if you get 50 minutes with someone, you can you can yeah. learn some really interesting stuff. He had this line, and I, I watched him do it. He's actually doing it for the last time ever. He's doing it this weekend. Um, he had this line in his show um, oh, it's very hard to be moderate. It's like opinion's the only thing in a race to be binary lately. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard is a Melbourne crowd go, whoa. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he did. He's, um, 
he's he's one of those guys. He'll go, he'll jump around and and say some out there stuff, but does does it with such eloquence. It's very very rare. Well, yeah. And when you get people who consider themselves edge lords or who consider themselves like I'm saying what everyone else is afraid to, like leather jacket, you know, I'm the king of uh, what you're missing is you the eloquence of someone like Heggy. Yeah. If you're if you're really really good, you can say just about anything. Yeah. But you need to be actually the Michael Jordan of doing it. Yes, your job is, as Sloss puts it, your job is to walk someone towards that punchline in a way that they will laugh. If they yeah. get offended, it's because you haven't done your job. And the, to, real, the real yeah. challenge of a great comedian is you, you hit, that person said that and they went there. And a lot of people watch them and go, well, that's what I want to do. I want to go and do that. But it's like, you know, could the real challenge for someone is to ask them, can you, can you work clean or can you do that joke without that awful thing you said there? Ah. If you can do that, then you can do that. It's like skiing on one. It's like skiing without your poles. Yeah. When you're learning to ski, if they say try to do it without your poles. Mm. If you can do it without your poles, then all the foot stuff is fine. Exactly. But if you're right. relying on the poles to get there, you can't turn. If you can only exist by doing that, yes. then it's a sign that you're actually not up to it. Right. But someone like Sloss or Heggy can go out and talk about the exact opposite, or yeah. and not go there and. Be but jealous. they have crafted that like a fucking olympic gymnastic routine yeah. and have fallen a thousand times exactly. before they do it as if it was the it's it's not just a thing that they improvise exactly right the miracle the other miracle of comedy festival right is i think in 2023 that it's the biggest ticketed festival in australia yeah and that there's tens of thousands of people who are very it's a very rare thing for humanity to go out and just try shit yeah and when does that happen? When, like, it happens, I can only think of doing it, my, my growing up was big day out and just going yeah, to a stage and saying, who's this? Discovery, it's beautiful. I went Soundwave in, when I was in 2010 or 2011 and saw Primus and I never heard of, I, I only knew the South Park guy. The You've South never Park seen guy. Primus. Yeah. And then to see just this guy and just then I'm like, well, I, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Ever. Yeah. He's, yeah, one of my, or I wanted to be Les Claypool so bad. <laughs> I have fretless bases. I like. It he, was genuinely walking past the stage to go and see someone and stopping and turning and seeing him. And I think he had a pig mask on and was, was, was like on. Mr. Crinkle. Yeah. And I was like, I'll stay for a bit and stayed for the whole thing. Those moments. And it's the same with Comedy Festival when you just, it's it might cost you 10, 20, 30 bucks to just give someone a shot. Yeah. It's the most rewarding thing in the world. We would have like, say, if a crowd, if there was a hundred people in the room, mm. uh, in the preamble, uh, I would say, oh, so who's here? Cause they listen to my podcast. Like one person puts their hand up. So like, oh, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Who watches any of the TV? I make two people put their hand up here. Like, who's the other 97 <laughs> of you? How did you get here? Having a crack. That's amazing. It's mm. fucking incredible. Yeah. To totally. actually, on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know? Well, the Tuesdays, the gets tight ass Tuesday, isn't well, it? Well, still, on well, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. to come and give something a shot. Mm. And if you've never been to a Melbourne Comedy Festival, I would just recommend it because 100%. you're going to get exposed to, you're not going to see everything's not going to be great, but mm. you're going to get exposed to ideas and ways of looking at the world that you otherwise might have never considered. Because that is, for me, that is the great, great, great key and the great superpower of comedy mm. because it short circuits your biases. Mm. Like a, a good point. Like a joke from a, and th there's less of them in Australia because of the reasons we just mentioned, but there's right-wing stand-ups in yes. the States. They're fucking funny. Some are, yeah. I'm abhorred <laughs> that I laugh, 
but it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's because it's a well-told joke mm-hmm. from a different ideological point of view to the one that I generally stand on. Yeah. Well, it's and about intimacy, isn't it? If you're actually talking from intimacy, everything else on top is kind of yeah. froth and bubble, hey? Yeah, yeah. When you're doing your, um, like, the, the kind of stuff you do kind of lends into absurdity quite a bit. That's our whole goal. It's yeah. our, our internal mantra is to never say anything, really. And, and, and with Auntie Donna, our goal, our, we have a two-word sort of mantra, which is the goal for our entire 11-year career, which is whatever's funniest. Mm. And never, we're never driven by the opposite. And there are comedians out there who are trying to say things and are saying profound things and having a really genuine good impact on the world. But our goal was literally to just say, it's okay to just be funny. And it's actually really, really important. Yeah. We were, I think, three years into doing live shows at Comedy Festival. First year we did it, we went really, really well. We're in a 20, 30-seater and we're all 22 and we're like, hopefully someone likes this and people came and we're like, fuck, we're gods. Second year went not as good and we're like, oh, okay, we've got to work harder. So third year we worked our asses off and took it really, really seriously and then Work, developed this show over six months, writing meticulously, trying right. to master this. And we wrote the best show we'd ever done. Put it on stage and middling response. I'm like, oh, no. Got a bad review. Oh, Jesus. In a 22 show run, we're three or four shows in. And it's going really badly. Um, an Edinburgh booker comes and goes, yeah, you got some work to do. We, it was going badly. And like, this is the best show we've ever written. And um, we're like, maybe it's over. Oh. And uh, maybe we just suck. Maybe the first year was cool momentum and we're done. Yeah. And Zach said, um, one of the members of the group, we sat down before a show and he said, we're, I think we're going out there and showing them the six months of work that we've done. And I think we're showing them that how hard we worked. And there's a bunch of people in Melbourne who worked really hard all day <laughs> and you know, worked at an insurance job or they were teachers and they yeah. had, and they were like, great, it's Friday. I'm going to go see a comedy show and would see these three men going, like this show, laugh. And we're like, let's, let's just go out for an hour and treat people to a, to a, to a laugh and, and just have a break. And that's all we're saying is have fun for an hour. And as soon as we did that, I think a week later we got a four and a half star review. With this based on the same material? Yes, same show, exact same show. Went from being look how great we are to let's we like let's have fun and it was it it was in the way that you approached the material yeah and it's com- fundamentally just core in that wow. you when you're developing anything you have to work your ass off and get the corners right and get the detail right but then the moment you do it, it needs particularly for comedy but also with music and anything else you need to be just like but at the it it's it's for now my partner yeah. saw Lizzo the other night. Oh, amazing. And uh, I said, how was it? She said it was great. There was a bit where the lighting went wrong and she did the song again. And I was like, isn't that always everyone's favourite moment? When you go and see someone, all you want to see is the the real moment. Yeah. You don't want to see Lizzo's show that she's done 400 times. You want to see the real moment. And that's what you'll remember. And that's what – and so our whole show shifted to be about – yeah, we write really, we work really hard and try and write our best show and practice at heaps. But all we're trying to do is capture, have a magic hour with the people in the room, and you want them to walk away and go, "That yeah. was sick." I had this very special moment. Yeah, um, yeah. But for that, that, that was a huge lesson to learn. Is yeah, yeah. 
it's extraordinary, like being like having that thing in your heart, or like what it is that I'm trying to achieve with this, whatever it may be. Mm. Having the intent um, of of your output be crafted, mm. and this almost this filter through which everything, every action, every interaction, every facial expression yeah. will f- through which w- will flow. Um, the, one of the things I do really love about your stuff is I'm a big fucking big fan of Steve Martin. Like yeah. he's and not the films. Um, so his his our his, specials his stand up banjo shows just the abs- the absurdity of his stand up and particularly there's this thing that Steve Martin writes about in his book which I just adore born standing up is that what you oh yep. fucking the best one of the, if you've not read it it's like one of the greatest books ever written about comedy and people initially would come and see him and go there's no punchline where's the joke and he says that's that's it mm. and particularly in repetition, the really wild thing that happens in humans when we repeat a word and we take all meaning that we have assigned to that word out of that word and it just becomes a bunch of sounds. Mm. And watching, and you do it really, you're able to replicate it quite well on your television, which is hard to do. In the, in the space, in a room, it's, yeah. you can take a whole audience. Yes. It's essentially verbal, you're tickling. Yes, that's exactly right. Because it's like, this was funny and now <laughs> I, I want it to stop because it's now hurting yeah. and now it's funny again. And now it's kind of hurting. Is it going to be, f- yeah, it's funny again. Oh, fuck, now it's hurting again. Like it's it's just keep pushing that part of your brain to uncertainty essentially. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, to insanity, to absurdity. Funny how big a war can affect the world <laughs> in that it's all from World War Two. in that, the absurdist movement of theatre came right out of World War Two and just, just just seeing pure horror. And so Europe and everywhere started to change the way they approached theatre. So you got people like Brecht and Antonin Artaud and Theatre of Cruelty and uh, other drama, Year 12 drama solo stuff. Um, but, like, literally at that point, everyone just going, what's the point of any of this shit? Mm. What's the point of any of it? And so, yeah, then the, this whole movement of people just coming back to that core. Have you seen many clown performances? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, it's coming back to this, that the, you can put lots on top and have some really important things to say, but also a, a, an eye looking at someone the right way can be so profoundly funnier than anything you could say. It is, it's wonderful. And you are in a, a troop of people who you started creating your own thing. You started filming your own thing. You probably had to figure out how to edit it at some yes. point. This is a part of what it is to create now is in, this, in the absence of a gatekeeper, He's like, I- I'm going to make this yes. myself. I-, I have the technological ability and the p- price point of that stuff has dropped to a point where, like, I couldn't afford a TV studio. Yeah. You know, I couldn't afford a fucking radio studio. But now I have that camera and I have a Rode Procaster which can put a phone to line. I'm there. And it's scary that the younger the generation, the-, the better they are at all the things. And that's fine. Yeah. Because the ultimate level of then is like, well, then what are you going to do with it? All comes back to it's it's a great time because- it- we should theoretically be having just the best voices being able to be showcased and all you really need to do is to fill that little gap. Mm. And you can financially for these guys coming through should be able to just be able to get out there and do it yeah, um, and make a, a living from it. For a long time it became a – when we first started doing comedy, um, we were like the only way to make this a career is to get a TV show. Yeah. And if not, then that's – we're done. Because otherwise you can't – put the amount of time in yeah. that it takes to make it and it's like being a professional athlete. Yeah. That's you know? the only way you do it. So we were like, so let's just start 
putting this stuff up. Let's make some sizzle reels to show to producers. Mm. Incidentally, we'll put it up on YouTube yeah. in the meantime. And then we're like, well, no one's given us TV shows and no one's even looking like they're thinking about considering giving us a TV show. Yeah. But the videos we're putting up online are doing really well and the people who watch them are coming to our show. But let's keep trying to make the TV show. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's um, that's what it is now. You can – but it's funny. This I speak to a lot of young TikTokers and stuff as well and – they're all just desperate to take the next step as well. There's right. still something about making something premium and special that is um, people want to do. Yeah. Even though movies are becoming harder and harder to sell, yeah. that's what everyone wants to do, I guess. Really. Movie? Yeah, well, like, young, like I, I love movies more than TV still, even though that's where the, the heat is. Like, this weekend we're talking as, you know, as the two big movies are dropping and it's all that anyone's talking about. When something special comes out. But when was the last time that... And we're talking about Oppenheimer and Barbie, mm. all right? When was the last time that a non-superhero film showed up? Oh, man. That I could not wait to this see. This is why I'm so excited for this weekend. You know? I know one is, it, one is unfortunately, but still excitingly, um, existing IP. Yeah, that it's Barbie. But then it's still a great filmmaker doing something potentially new. But, I, I, yeah, I, it's so sad that you that I can't think of – the last time I saw a movie that wasn't you want to you want to get really sad. Look, not even look ten years ago, mm. and look at any of the films that got nominated. There was and, and and try and see any of those getting greenlit. Look look at what like you look at what won the Oscar in nineteen ninety or two thousand. Yeah, like what's going to get greenlit? No, like, yeah. fucking Kramer versus Kramer is not going to get right, greenlit. That's a, that's a weird little fucking play that you're going to do. Kramer versus Kramer versus Ant Man maybe. So Kramer, it's like <laughs> I showed someone Kramer versus Kramer versus Godzilla yesterday. And was like, <laughs> oh yeah, great! And she was like, "What is this?" Just keep watching. Just keep watching. Just <laughs> is that keep, a real thing? Keep, yeah, yeah, that's so good. It's it's really it's very funny. It's just um, a trailer, but it's very funny. It's 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 a shame, but it's also like I went and saw Harry Potter in Melbourne, the uh, the live show, the first you, yeah. child, the nine hour <laughs> magic show, and I was like, "This isn't for me." I wasn't a Potter kid. I was a Channel V kid. Yeah, <laughs> and um. But I was like, there's 30 actors working in a play. Yeah, not bad. So I'm like, there's the two streams. You're like, yes, Joker is a superhero movie, but it's also, I guess, someone trying to do Taxi Driver in 20, yeah, they really were, 2018 they? Yeah. or whatever. But what I'm, to, to, my, to my end, I want to see more Oppenheimers and Barbies, as do we all. Yeah. I want something that compels me to the cinema. Yeah. That is an Avatar 9 or. Yeah. I don't, I don't need another no. Marvel film. No, I, I really don't. Apparently, they're going to stop. <laughs> That's what Bob Iger says alongside some other awful stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned about making it a full-time career and that TV be the only way to do it. You, you kind of just have to do it because you love it. Yeah. If you're trying to do it. And that's the only thing that's going to push you to make it better, to get you to the point where Zach says, we just have to go out there and do it this way. Yeah. Because it has to be. If you're doing it for for it does get to a point where you have commitments like I've got a mortgage now. Yes. You know, I've got school fees. Yep. Like I've got to keep the money coming in the door. So I've got to figure out ways to do that. And there are ways in the way I'm working to make that happen. But if it's you're just doing it for the cash, it's never going to be true. And if it's not no. true, you just, you know, you're performing a role that is not mm. maybe as authentic as you want it to be. It might not have it might work, might flash very quickly, but it yeah. might not have the longevity. You're exactly right. And it's okay to go and do another gig. If, they, if, you, if you're at its core doing something yeah. like that, it cuts I had Hal Ladakafu on here the other day. Um, 
he was how he was in coolism like he's an amazing hip-hop he was like a tongan hip-hop rapper he's fucking unbelievable lives in queen from queen Bian. and he was going mate i i had to take a day off of work at retail to go and get go to the arias you know uh yeah no we had that with netflix um i remember the first time we performed in la we broke through in America and we performed at a place called Largo, which is like a yeah, Charlie great. Chaplin used to perform yeah, situations. And we're performing in front of sold out 300 people at the yeah. time. We didn't know if anyone would show up. In the crowd is Eric Idle from Monty Python. Fuck yeah. Dylan Moran's watching um, some other very cool people and uh, got on the plane home and went back to the call center the next day and was just like, all right, let's, let's do some Telstra feedback. <laughs> and um, it sucks. But... Um, it's also like, yeah, it, in the, you, when you get to a point where you're not doing it anymore, you lose that groundedness as well, which is really but This is a, and you mentioned Heggy before, like, case of point, I brought him up. Like, I've, I grew up with him. I've yeah, known right. him since I was eight. Mm. All right, we went to, I sat next to him in grade three. You know, he's the really? first, yeah, he's the first person that ever told, that I saw ever tell a joke deliberately <laughs> when we were eight. He's, we used to live together. He's a great bloke. What a cool story to have. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Mm. Um, and great Scrabble player. And that's the great thing about, Heggy will like he will have these moments where he will literally open for Stephen Merchant at the Opera House, and then the next day mm. with a with a you know a Makita you know uh, reciprocating saw be on a demo job mm. at five a.m. Yeah, it's a hard gig, and and that is is actually quite important because it actually gives you a push. Yeah. You know, it gives you a real push. Yes. Because, um, like, I was a roadie for three years. I don't want to lift heavy shit ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right? Absolutely. Ever. It's um, it's really important and it's important to never lose sight of as well. Yeah. Mm. After this, I'm, I'm doing another thing on spec. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah, and that's the only way the work happens mm. is you make stuff mm. and you show it to someone and go, what do you think? Mm. You know, people don't come and knock on, hey, man, we've got that thing that you wanted no. here it is no you gotta you gotta build it yeah you, you've gotta build it it's just time and equity sweat equity just a moment away from Broden kelly to say that if you do want to email me it's real easy send to osher email at gmail.com that's my email address thanks to everyone that is sending me a picture of where you're listening i do really love to see where you're listening it's really fun it's really fun i really i really like seeing well, you're listening to this from, essentially. It's, it's great. So, you know, take a picture of what you're looking at right now and, um, and send it to me. It's a blast because, you know, when do I listen to podcasts? I listen at the gym. I listen when I'm doing household chores. I listen in the car. Um, don't take a photo in your car. Don't do it. Take a photo when you're parked, will you? But, yeah, send us your email at gmail.com. That's me. There's also in the show notes, you'll find links to get on the mailing list, which we're now the Logies behind us. We're kind of able to redirect where things are going because you really don't want to ask people to do five things at once. You just ask them to do one thing. So yeah, jump on the mailing list there. There's some big things on the way there. Um, Also having a lot of fun on TikTok and on Instagram. So if you felt like jumping on, there's stuff that happens there that can't happen anywhere else on each one. So one platform for one thing, one thing's for the other. Yeah, it's fun. Also, if you want to, if this episode has been fun to listen to or any of these episodes are fun, please share it with somebody. That's the best thing you can do for me. Tell someone about the episode and do subscribe where you can or follow or whatever it is and then do like and rate and review. All that stuff really, really, really helps us. It helps us in a really fundamental way. We're back in a bit. 
a bit with Broden and Kelly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Your footy <laughs> podcast. He's so fucking good. Oh, I just wanted to make a shot. We're, Don is taking its first four month break in um, ten years, and that we we've never we never had a day off really. And so we got to the point where we we're allowed to give ourselves a bit of time off. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I set myself the goal of going. Um, I want to shift the way that young men <laughs> engage with sport. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens to me when I listen to. Oh, it. that's nice. That's good. Yeah, I was just literally. I just wanted to be like. Whenever I was listening to sports stuff, I love it. It's my break from doing comedy all day. And I was like, there's two people talking about sport to me and it's the old dude, it's my dad's friends or it's the lads. It's the cool blokey skips from school. And I was like, I think there's a lot of dorks who like football and a lot of like comedy nerds who like sport. And I was like, I think if I just – and what often sport is, it's just the first sentence of a deeper conversation that you want to have, whether it's about your family, your life. When – like with anything else you're passionate about in life, it's a representation of your DNA and yeah. it's a starting point. So that's all I wanted to explore. And what I was really excited to find out is there was a bunch of people who are really felt the same way as me and who were engaged with them. Yeah. I, 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 my parents, both Euros, you know, anything that wasn't soccer, they, they never, they were doctors. They didn't mm. really ever play f- sport themselves. So right. as kids, we never really, I played a little bit of soccer, but I kind of missed it a lot. Mm. And I was an odd kid and I didn't like being jostled around, so I wasn't interested in rugby league yeah. uh, at all. Yeah. And, you know, league in Queensland at the time was shit because all the good players were bought by New South Wales because right. poker machines, that's how State of Origin started. Poker machines were legal in New South Wales but not in Queensland, so all the clubs down in New South Wales could afford to buy all really? the bad players. Yeah. Poke gambling. Fucking gambling. And so, and Queensland's been good ever since. In well, the- well, basically, they went, well, what happened if, you know, we played against each other? So, that's how the first one happened. Yeah, right. And it kind of went from there. But still, there was no really great players until Broncos showed up in the late 80s. And uh, we had Brisbane Bears, but they were on the Gold Coast, yeah, which exactly. at the time Carrara. was an hour and 10 minutes away, or an hour and half away. Forever away. And I, there was so many goalposts, and the ball doesn't bounce right and people on the wrong end of the field. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. So, I missed it. You know, I mm. missed it a lot. I engaged- through comedy, I engaged with rugby league through Roy and HG. Yeah, exactly. It's how I engaged with rugby league. They made it okay for me to like this game that was otherwise the only time you'd ever read about those guys is when they, you know, hit people yeah. uh, not on the field, yeah. you know. Yeah. And 
so it is through comedy that I was able to engage with that. And then, so similarly to with the AFL, when I listen to you or Josh Garlop, who I know you, you're a oh, big fan yeah, of, yeah, yeah. he's fucking great. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, this is now, okay, I can do, I can talk about this. He, this- he, he finally comes from the word, I'm sure he's mentioned it to you as well. He was a journalist and he was sitting in the, in the, in the, in the writer's pool or whatever it is. The- it's a terrible room. I've been in there. It's yeah, right. Place <laughs> and, um, Someone said, oh, Kawaj is out for the third test. And someone said, who gives a shit? And he was like, exactly, <laughs> and had this real epiphany moment. Wow. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, you, you can care about sport, but it's more about the connection it has to people. And, yeah. And uh, we love it so much in this country and it's just like it's Particularly just in this city because mm. the, the way that league is, there's very few suburban grounds, mm. whereas here – you can literally walk. It's everywhere, yeah. And see the A-grade elite level. Yeah. From here, yeah. Over there, we were just looking out the window is where the Sydney Swans started, funnily enough. Did you know that? The That was the, the South Melbourne Swans. The, the just, Bloods, were they called? The, the Bloods, they yeah. were. Um, that, And they were called the Swans, I think, because of that lake just there. What? I'm pretty sure. I've been looking at that for two weeks. And you didn't know the Swannies are from there? No idea. Yeah, so now it is um, the uh, South Melbourne Football Club, the soccer club. Right, um, which I think Ange connected with. And oh, right, right, right. But no, so that's that's the whole Sydney in in Melbourne over there. Wow. Um, but yes, uh, and but the, the the cultural thing here that I saw. I was uh, riding I have a bicycle. Uh, I was riding to something the other night, and I, wa- I I rode past the train station at Richmond, and I saw this uh, family get off the train, and they're walking to the MCG, mm. and it was mum and dad, and two kids, young girl, young boy probably looked 11 and 9 yeah. and they had both made hand-drawn signs yes. to hold up for the players that they love. Yeah, yeah, you love that. I can't imagine having wanted to do that when I was a kid, but that that exists is a fucking amazing and I'm sad that I missed it. And what those kids are showing when they have that sign, I think, what it says to me is, look, it's, it's an expression of the relationship that those kids have with their parents and that night and, yeah. and that ritual. Um, and when I was, I was in 2014, coming back to comedy, I was in Edinburgh or 2015, 15, 14 or 15 or 16 doing our show. And when you're overseas, I don't, I don't know if you feel this, but you, you get a very clear look at Australia. Oh yeah. Yeah. You see it clearer. I lived away for 10 years. You do. You very much so. And, um, I was in America as well when the bushfires were happening in 2019. Oh, you get a very right. clear yeah, image yeah. of Australia when you're overseas and the Adam Good stuff was happening, which oh, was fuck. this cultural pylon of just assholes of one of Australia's great players with really clear racial undertones to it. And um, I think a lot of people just followed. A lot of people didn't know how to respond. And I thought there's not a lot of great, we have a lot of blokes in sport who sort of lead and a lot of people follow ineptly. Mm. And I was like, the kids who are, I want to talk about the kids who make those signs and I want that generation to have a positive yeah, I want to. I want to give a positive direction that doesn't end up just being we boo him because we don't like him, as opposed to no, we know why you don't yeah. boo him. Don't tell me you don't. And boo if him. You, if you really don't boo him for that, you're next to the people who do boo him for yeah. that. Yeah, and, and if you're not saying anything about it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is you know the that personal connection to a club. What does it mean when? Or what, what club did you grow up? I go for Melbourne. My grandfather, which is which which animal. The demon, the That's Satan, right. the, Satan. <laughs> the right, ones right. connected to the, uh, to yeah, the underworld. Yeah. Well, this is great. Yeah, they were originally the fuchsias, which was a flower. 
Yeah, demon's better. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> but I'm guessing there was a, you know, a, a familial thing. Yeah. This is what you're going to go for? And when, when I say I go for Melbourne, what I'm really saying is my grandfather went for 50 years and worked at the MCG and I worked with him and my cousins. And like, what I'm saying is my family. Right. Isn't that funny? I've never heard it explained like that. Mm. You know, that it is, just before when you said those kids that night is a representation of their love for their parents and the connection yeah. they have around the ritual of going to a game. It's not necessarily the outcome of the game. Yes. I've never heard it explained like that because I've missed that yeah. uh, from my own parents. And um, in that space with with Demons, for example, we've seen, oh, no, whatever club it is, when there's a really fucking horrible transgression, mm. someone does something very, very yes. bad, Yes, you know, whether it be violent or sexually violent mm. or worse. What what does it mean to yeah. you? Well, to, if it's if it's just uh, just uh, what's the word indefensible, then it's indefensible. But there's when you're talking about like punching someone on the field, you go you you do you, your instinct is to go to the defense of that person, even if they're yeah. they've played at ten other clubs and they come to your team. Yeah, it's um it's territorial. It's obviously sometimes not good, and sometimes it's, yeah, it's that it's clan it's, mentality. It's the off field stuff, I think. Is because there's people who are. Yeah. And this is kind of why I I try to seek out alternate NRL yes. viewpoints because the people that are on camera talking about it, I'm like, uh, yes. we're just supposed to forget yes. about some of that shit. Exactly. Because I can't, man. No, yeah. Like I know that you know everyone deserves a chance to be you know contrite and everyone yeah. deserves a chance to learn and yes. and show, but it's hard for me. Yeah. To I think I, I think you approach it the same way as like. Hollywood or TV, you go, I enjoy this medium, I enjoy this this entertainment, but that person is a prick and, yeah. and remove them. And, you know, in the same way you look at, I don't know, music. Yeah. You know, I don't listen to that artist anymore. I don't. Terrible people make great art. This they do. It's really, it's really hard. Like there's some. You notice as well that with music though, it's like a, mu- a song can be really good, but if you watch a two-part eight-hour documentary about that person's transgressions, um, you can't listen to that song anymore. It's like it's there's a there's a uh, you know, we the 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 discussion of separating the artist from the from their work or for what they've done. Um, if they've done if it's bad enough that you it's hard to look at that painting or to listen yeah. to that song really uh, unless you take seven hundred wickets exactly and yeah. then <laughs> how about you exactly. or unless you know Pablo Picasso put a cigarette out in his girlfriend's face then painted it. Did he really? Yeah. And But he's still Pablo Picasso. Mm. You know, it's it's very – I don't know the answer to it, but it's very difficult. Well, to, yeah, even if you – even if you – Stephen Fry always talks about uh, Wagner's music. Yeah. And just, he was just one of the most horrible people alive. Truly. And if you're genuinely being honest with yourself, even if you still like the song, you can't remove it. Like you still yeah. hear it. You can't hear a Michael Jackson song without thinking about him. You can't, you know. It's real hard. Yeah. It's real hard. Cause and you, it's so I was good. at a wedding and I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is a great, this is a great one, isn't it? I was like, I can't, I don't want to dance to this. I'm going to walk off and get a drink now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard. When it comes to, and I, I don't, I'm friends with Charlie Clawson and, and, and Will Anderson who have been, the podcast. Northern River Boys. Podcast, yeah, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> Good home and away reference there, I like it. Um, you know, they, they, they talk about just the eternal heartbreak of being born into a family that supports a club that's just shit. Yeah. And that's a very, very Melbourneish kind of thing. I think there's – I grew up 
in a team. My team won a, a premiership for the first time in a, two years ago when I was 32. And um, I and my team's been very, very bad. Someone said it about the Boston Celtics to me. It's not about when they win. It's about the time you spend with them. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's, about, it's about the time that you dedicate to them and, ha- and how you experience that. It's the train ride to the ground. Yeah. It's the time with your dad or your mom or your, your kids. It's the... It's the it's the it's the dedication of time you spend with them, yeah. as opposed to the winning or losing. And so, in the moments when you are really, really upset with how it's played out, in the long run, it's actually something that's kind of becoming part of you, imbued in you. And that this is yeah. the way you, the way you choose to spend your time reflects who you are. I'd never heard, I've never heard it described like that. It's like I know there's a reason I want to go to the mm. Swans and go to the East Games with Wolfie. Yeah. It's it's less about the outcome of the game or whose ankles fucked or whatever, yeah. and and this is why I really like a podcast because when I watch those shows, all they talk about is a ligament injury, all they talk about is yeah. you know this coach is not good or next year someone's getting traded for this. I don't give a shit. Yes, I don't give a shit. Yes, at all. What they're really saying, what people when they're talking about an injury, what they're talking, what they're really saying, if you're talking to a mate about this stuff, what you're really saying is. Please connect with me. <laughs> Please let's let's. Yeah, it's it's something happens particularly with men, not just men, but particularly with men. There's comedians I know who I don't really work in the same rooms with, but when I found out they're Melbourne, I'm now deeply connected with and and just something. Men particularly, I think, need a reason to connect with someone. Yeah, yeah. As something as arbitrary as a sports team is enough to. And that's the real superpower of this city, yeah. I think, mm. and and why that particularly AFL has influenced our country in such a in such a positive way is because it 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 gives people a reason to talk who otherwise wouldn't have had a reason to talk which on a wild way is when people ask me about what do you like about the bachelor mm. I, I like it when people send me pictures of five people re- sitting on a couch for three yes. all right the ratings hate it because it means there's four <laughs> TVs that aren't on because <laughs> four people have come over to someone's house to yeah. watch it but it's giving people a reason to be together well, I was going to say, sport's one way to do it. It's a very old way to, to connect. But shows like The Bachelor, my favourite podcast is a show called The Weekly Planet, which is hosted by a guy called Mr. Sunday Movies. Yeah. And that is, I'm like, this is just a sports show, but about movies, really. Yeah. And it's like, what do we think the new Spider-Man is going to be like? Or what do we think? Any kind of community, it's becoming more and more common. It's just a nice way to connect with people, really. Yeah. Bachelor is a huge example of that. Oh, man, the new season is really fun. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. And he's pashing. <laughs> oh, so much. Um, there's an ex-leaguey who, he's amazing. He's a really incredible guy, which is a thing that I, I, often, I often wonder. I've been in this industry long enough that there's plenty of people that I started with who were mm. as of a high profile that I was as well who are no longer that and now walk around the street and people still look at them and go, you're that person, you're that you're the lady, you did that thing. Yeah. And they're just, look, yeah, I did that for a while. Yeah. You know, and t- television does it, but sport notoriously does it. Halfway through a season, you've been in the development program since you were 12, you're 22, and bye. Yeah. That, that knee's not getting any better, mm. and it's never going to be better. Thanks. Scary. And what do you do now? What exactly. the fuck do you do now? Mm. And they never really ever talk about the well-being of these people, which is kind of why I think the American system, I like the American system in that it has to come through the college. You have to have a degree. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, getting drafted straight out of high school because you're that good. And then you're probably going to be okay. (laughs) You're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. 
part of my show, I'm not really that interested in the footy players. I'm more interested in everything else around them. Some of the people I talk to, right, one of my favourite interviews I've done so far is with a boy called Jacob Gaynor and he's his boy from Canberra and he is the social media manager for the GWS Giants. Amazing. Now, and I just think he's more interesting than a football player. And, and he's like, here's how I go about finding my memes. And here are the, when I, when I create memes, they do better when they do this. And I've had this story of doing this. So much more interesting to me. And I found the guy, a guy called Roscoe Elliott, right? He wrote the Gold Coast Suns theme song. And he, he heard they were making a team. They weren't called the Suns yet. And he wrote it and just sent it into the AFL. He's like, hey, I, and he put like two grand into making it sound good. Wow. And um, they wrote back and said, hey, yeah, we'd, we'd like you to donate it. He called them the Suns in the song before they were called the Suns. And he said, no, you can't have it for free. And they're like, all right, we're going to do a competition. Went out in this big catch-all catch competition and they came back and said, all right, we'll pay you. <laughs> and so he's, he wrote this song and they've never wanted anything to do with him since. And he's one of he's written one of the few people alive who have written a song for a football club. Yeah, and they want just they're the things I'm kind of into. These was there a conversation along there that says like, does it have any banjos? Yeah, can it have more banjos? I don't, he just made. Why this. are all the banjos in the theme songs? It's bizarre, and they're all like if you don't look too deeply into any of these songs, like we were talking. about. Oh yeah, there's a there's a few that have got some pretty terrible. Yeah, Carl's origins. Full, like full minstrel show. Yeah, it's full and like I think like, they're all from that vaudeville era where they're. People thought differently about other people in a very deep way. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all the stuff around the sport. Because if it came out, if we started writing club theme songs now, it would be fucking drill rap and yeah. it would be awesome. Yeah. One four would write the Penrith Panthers theme song and it would be fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. <laughs> and yeah. the, the stadium would heave when it played. There must have been a period where these songs came out and they became not cool and then now they've become transcendent. Like, But if you brought it, if you had full trap songs being written, for, <laughs> they'd be a bit dorky for five, ten years. But then imagine in ten years... Imagine a Limp Biscuit if we'd made a song, a club song in 1999 oh, that was, God. you know, from the Chocolate Starfish album. Now yeah. we'd be like, that's the coolest thing ever, a new metal theme song for a club. But <laughs> at least keep DJs employed in rock bands. Yes. Like, we need yeah. a guy to do some scratching. Why? DJ I don't know. Lethal. Every band's got one. DJ Lethal need, need to keep him in work. Oh, you speak you speak about terrible people. It's like the Limp Biscuit thing. It's like. Yeah, the, the, uh, uh, the, the nine um, Woodstock 99 I still can't get bring myself to watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're probably you you were very close to all. Not that you were, you didn't go to all stuff. I, I, but- yeah. I, I was very much in the orbit around that big day out and I was yeah, it was very very hard for me for me still. Um b- music, you know, before we even met, music brought us together. What <laughs> music is in your life now? What what music is in my life now? Yeah. It's everything. I, I I listen to so much music now. Who do I love? Um my favorite it's funny as you get older, you, you you try and push against the gold word at 104 elements of your head in that you like don't want to just listen to the music that you listened to when you were 20. But who do I I love Kurt Vile. Do you know yeah. Kurt Vile? I love um, – I, I still listen to Interpol every day. Isn't that funny? That's okay. Um, and then who have I been getting into lately? I have a, I have a running theory. is like whatever songs were playing when you essentially – you know, either lost your virginity or first had that really big break from your parents into independence. Oh, those are the songs that will always mean something to you. And you will say, oh, that was music. No, it wasn't. Like Ooh. for some people, and I'm really sorry for them, 
It's dashboard confessional. And I'm really, <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, I mourn. And they're okay with that because they've got teardrops tattooed on their face. Um, I mourn that for them, you know. At, at the moment for me, the, my favourite album, new album is the Paramore one. Uh, oh, wow. Made the uh, This Is Why album. Have you heard that? No. They've, it's. I'm going to go see them live. I'm going to be the only, like, 34-year-old man. No, you won't, mate. <laughs> you reckon? No, you won't. Um, but This Is Why album is really, really fun and interesting and different. I've been right. listening to that a lot. Um, my brother is actually really, really good. He's um, he's he's an artist called Artie Ziff, and uh, he does a lot of. I'll just play it into your. You can cut it, but it sounds like he does this kind of avalanches inspired stuff. Wow, mm. that's cool. Yeah, so listen to him. How do you spell it? Arty, as in A R T Y Z I double F. Uh, but this is this is important. I, I'm I, I did a radio thing this morning, and I walk into uh, uh, Southern Cross or Stereo, Beautiful. and in the lobby, and then I swap it around. Who, but Triple M was playing at the time. Yeah, they, and um, Van Halen came on. Sam, Sammy Hagger, Van Halen, which is kind of like the Second, yeah. the not Bon Scott ACDC. It's like yeah. Yeah, it's like pretty chicken foot though. It's like an over the pants kind of hand job. It's not actually the you know the dreams. Uh, uh, no, it's got what it takes. So tell me why, why can't this be love? Can't this be love? Which was their first US number one. Which, on is, it, do, do, which do. is the one. It was the first Sammy Hagar saying, "I oh, know too much about this." Was that After jump David, didn't go number one? No, it didn't. But David Lee Roth, the original uh, singer of Van Halen, David Lee Roth, uh, he said this fucking brilliant thing on Jay Moore's podcast once which is a fucking awesome interview. I think it's probably, there's two really good showbiz interviews on the top of my head and that they are Wayne Brady on Aisha Tyler's podcast. Wow. Is probably the greatest showbiz, here's how to do it wow. interview that I've ever heard. I will listen to that. It is fucking great. Yeah, okay. You, yes and bitch. That's how, <laughs> he said that's how he describes his first five years of improv. Love that. I'm a fucking, yes and bitch. Oh, that is fucking great. Star. And the other one is David Lee Roth on Jay Moore's podcast, More Stories, and he talks all about how they went from a cover band to being Van Halen. Wow. And David Lee Roth says, whatever time in your life it is, whether it be a CD or whatever it is right now, just pick one song and for a month, that's the one that plays in your car. It's that one. And then next month, put another one. Next month, put another one. And then as you go through your life, you will, because what is music ultimately, bro? Music is the humongous big memory wash that shows immediately all your, our brains associate. Yeah. That's why things are funny is because we pull things from way over here Connecting and our brain you. makes the association and it feels like a tickle and we laugh. Very that's true. That's a joke. Music just throws this fucking fire blanket on that and just fires up parts of your brain that otherwise have, been dormant. You go, oh, that's right. Oh, fuck. That's why I was in Goldburn. Yeah. <laughs> and so Eric is like every month just have a different song as you go through your year. It doesn't matter what it is. And then you'll always have this timeline, this fucking incredible time machine at your disposal. And I, I did it. And it's he's right. Yeah. It's so good. Do you look back positively on all those songs or to some you're like, oh, no, that was an awful time or? Sometimes, yeah. Like, I had when I first when I got divorced, um, fucking Gautier's <laughs> no, Gautier's song not, was number one. Not somebody I used to know, was it? Oh. That's actually perfect, though, isn't it? The worst. It could have been something fun, but it was <laughs> terrible. I remember the 2011. Yeah, it was awful. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and this is why the musical stuff that you guys do is is also yeah. great <laughs> because it's it's very well informed. That's the other thing. It's like. When I listen to Genesis Oisu, who's a, a rapper in Australia, Andrew Klippel produces him, 
who used to be um, AK Soul and then Madison Avenue. Like, like, oh, right. Madison Avenue? Yeah. Don't uh, call me baby. I think it was Madison Avenue. He's he's just a genius musical. Yeah. He's he Bruno Mars was his backing singer when he was a songwriter in okay. LA before Bruno Mars was Bruno Mars. So when you listen to Genesis Wusu, it's so informed. And you're listening to the chord structures. You're listening to just like ah, oh, that's the Husqvarna T five two five in that chord. Yeah, you know. And similarly, the music that you guys make is like ah, oh. you know. <laughs> it, and that's that's it, it's all it's all a part of it. Yeah. Um, which is great, man. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, Appreciate it's fucking it. good. And you got to come and come and be on our, our news show. Which is we yes. have a we have a um. There's a spot uh, built it for have a guest weather a guest reporter. I'm on. I'm there. You be our guest reporter. I'll do it. And it'll be. I'm in weather. Weather. I love that. I would love. Well, it's awful outside today. Well, we've, that's we've, typical. Yeah, I'm ready. Essentially, uh, you know, it's like and Broden Kelly with the weather, and I always find what is the actual rural show going on actually somewhere in the world this weekend, and find the actual things that are actually happening, and you know, you talk about details and go and like uh, Broden, you uh, tomorrow there's wife carrying. Uh, which is happening in 2023. And that's uh, real. That's a real, it's a real thing. I love it that. It really happens and it's actually going to happen the next day. That sounds really funny. It's really fun. Yeah, man. It's it's really fun. I love I'll, that. I'll show you the thing. Um, I fucking hope some of this recorded. Yeah, no, if not, <laughs> if not good yarns. And that was Broden Kelly from Echo Plaza, the echoey Melbourne headquarters of Better Than Yesterday. You can find Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun on Netflix it's brilliant. Broden's also doing excellent things on YouTube with Grouse House, G-R-O-U-S-E, such a Victorian word, Grouse House on YouTube. And, of course, The Footy with Broden Kelly. It's a podcast. It's, it's on the Listener app. It's a podcast about AFL for people who don't want to listen to ex-AFL players talk about their favourite pizza topics and why this coach is fucked. It's, it's really good. And it gives you everything you need to know about the weekend coming up and everything you need to know about the weekend that was. It's really good. It's really good. If you do like this episode, if this episode has been useful for you, send it to somebody. Share it with somebody and take a picture of what you're looking at right now. I always love to see what you're looking at. Send us your email at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody that helped me make this. Andy Marr on audio and video post. Sorry I made you work so hard this week, Andy. And um, this this show was produced by Abby Benno. Thanks heaps, Abby. Uh, it's great to be working, working with you again. Um, thank you for being you. I'll see you Wednesday. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.